Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome to the Jewel Network Science Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network is a radio frequency of continuous streaming science, knowledge, and wisdom, which promotes and sustains the activation of the present evolutionary process of immortality and the unfolding of the God Self within the evolving planetary society on planet Earth. The Jewel Network is committed to broadcasting the sciences of life and the sciences of living. By cultivating the mind of a scientist, you are being able to extract the very best the current 21st century has to offer. You are listening to the Dr. Jewel's Brain Balancing Program and more with your host, physician and surgeon, microbiologist, preventive medicine and hygiene physician, and Surgeon General, Dr. Jewel Pooh. Greetings. How are you? Wow, it's so great to be back again, and here we are. Another Monday, or for us, Alpha, and we are talking about that fabulous, wonderful, mega computer, micronized to fit into your brain, your skull, the brain. So we've been talking about the circuits of the brain, and this is my favorite thing to talk about. Which circuit are you in? So we finally concluded that the general population here in the Western world function primarily from their um, what we call first circuit or reptilian brain and second circuit lower levels. Now the second circuit is so important and we want to talk more about that today because we have a course to help people move up into the second circuit. Well, what are some of the main things that are a real problem here and not being fully uh, capable of operating from the second circuit of the brain. And that is this inability to communicate, the idea that we think we have secrets, and most of all, not being willing to feel comfortable with closely with others. So we have wonderful examples of this area of our brain in the original organisms that had this circuit, and they're known as the organized insects. So the bees, the termites, the uh, ants, the wasps, these are all organized organisms that work together very well in large numbers to sustain themselves on all levels. And this is the same circuit in our brain that allows us to do likewise. And the big story, of course, about why we have not beached that area of our brain. Usually we do that by the time that we're three, maximum four years old. But if there's been any uh, threats or perceptions of significant stress from conception up until that time, the survival brain or the first circuit is the primary 
circuitry and the software programs that the threatened or stressed organism will pull from to operate and navigate their environment. So let us uh, take a listen from our sponsors and then really contemplate because I really want you to really look at yourself and make some decisions about identifying where do I mostly operate in my brain? Okay, what circuits am I using? Now, again, the brain is wonderful, like a tree. So, of course, we have a trunk, which you can uh, identify as your spinal cord, okay, with its branches coming off of it. And then we have basically the main uh, divisions of that trunk, okay, that we call the actual head or the multiple branches of the tree, and that's literally what the brain can be described as. So if you look at the most trees, they definitely have levels of branching. So we have what we call the base branch first, and then we have a little more uh, trunk, then more branching, a little more trunk, more branching, et cetera. Or there's a spiral pattern, et cetera. But the point is, is that we know that there are branches at the very top of the tree versus at the lower level, and we can look at those as circuitry in the human brain. So if we're looking at the second rung of branches on a tree, this would be equivalent to the second circuit of the brain, which obviously we know has some different qualities than the very basic branching that comes right off of the trunk. So let's Our sponsors say hello to you, and let's get back to talking about that second circuit of the brain. This is the circuit that saves us. You are listening to the Jewel Network Science Radio Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network provides the neuronutrition and stimulates expansion and evolution of the human brain, nervous system, and body. Remember, our source is a neuron. All righty. So we're talking about that wonderful second circuit of the brain, and I'm going to be interlacing information with you because that's one of my main courses here that I'm offering uh, this winter semester is the DJBGA or the Dr. Jules Brain Balance Brain Alliance. And so there is a criteria to be able to enter into this class because it is for individuals who have integrated the right and left hemispheres of the brain and have standardized the transmission rates to the right and left hemisphere of the brain stimuli via the corpus callosum. So that is why we talk about being balanced. Both hemispheres are now uh, available for your consciousness to flow into the different circuits. And the uh, main cable system, the corpus callosum, is uh, fully Uh, transmitting and stabilizes its transmission rate. So the capacity for you to see, for you to learn, for you to be aware of your environment in a much, much more expanded uh, manner is 
very, very apparent. So there's nothing like having a balanced brain. And our biggest um, confrontation and our biggest um, campaign is for you to finish the evolution because you're so used to being in the primal circuits of the brain, first circuit completely, and then firing into the second circuit of the brain when needed, that's been your only reality. That's the only thing that you've ever known, how to conduct my body, my language, my behavior through the first circuit of the brain, survival tactics, survival thinking, survival mode, and when it is going to support those survival needs, I will interact with other people. I will communicate what's necessary with other people, but no more. And this is how most people operate. That's why they have to have supervisors on most of these large jobs. There's another reason why is because most people that are going out to get a job for um, their stable income to take care of their, quote, needs, unquote, that they think that they have to uh, get a job to pay for, usually will venture into areas that are not part of their natural activated software programs. We call this a purpose. When you are on purpose, those software programs are easily accessible. They are exciting to use. The body learns all kind of things. The body is very dexterous and capable and is very magnetized to want to get involved in mass or in the environment that would allow you to use those software programs that you loaded into your avatar while it was literally being created in utero. Yeah, that's correct. You created your body specifically for the purpose and the reasons why you're here on planet Earth. Now, you may not have ever heard yourself and your capacities described in that way, but in no way does that uh, nullify the accuracy of what I just said. Okay, we're now moving into new awarenesses because we now have access to circuits of the brain that we never had before, that we can see the bigger picture and the reasonability of why we did things the way that we do them. So the willingness to involve your body and your awareness into activities in your life that you enjoy is what we call your purpose, what you love doing, et cetera. And we have definitely over 75% of the world population not enjoying themselves, not utilizing these natural activated software programs because they have values and belief systems where they perceive that what they love doing isn't profitable or what they love doing really isn't going to get them the attention they would like, that what they love doing uh, is difficult to explore. And the, the reason can go on and on and on and on with an individual who is operating from the first circuit seeing what they can do to ensure that their basic needs are met and if there's any overlay that would cause them to think that what feels good to them, what they get excited about, what they could just do all day would inhibit 
impair or diminish their capacity to meet those survival needs, they will abandon it for the uh, return of whatever the exchange medium is, medium of exchange for their needs to be taken care of. Now, what does that do? Well, it causes problems definitely in the body because the body's language is language of chemicals. And why? Because the main transport system, okay, to get that information to the tissues is circulatory and it is also frequency electromagnetic through the nervous system. So with the individual concluding in their consciousness, which is processed by the brain, that what they love doing, et cetera, is not what they choose to do, and then they direct the body to get involved in activities that the body already pre-programmed, already carrying the software programs for what is your purpose now have to use what we call um, ancillary programs, you know, software programs that would be on the side, et cetera, that would not be the major programming system to execute behavior through the physical body, which means what? It puts more stress on the brain to have to create enough neurochemistry to prompt and sustain those ancillary programs, software programs, and the main programs that the body has been built to run on with its analogous chemistry is deprived. So it's really interesting when we talk about uh, depletion and we talk about deficiencies here. It's interesting how we then want to blame the external environment. Oh, you know, you're not eating the right foods or you're not uh, consuming enough water, uh, you know, sunlight, you know, this this list and list of things that externally you are not doing as to why you have these deficiencies. And please hear me clearly. I'm not disputing that these uh, external factors may be uh, deficient in themselves. They may be aberrant in themselves, which obviously if you consume them are not going to give the nutrients and the energy that the body needs but the deficiency always starts within. For well, what would be the reason why you're not eating the right foods? What would be the real reason as to why you're not drinking the right water? And so, therefore, what is those reasons is perpetuated in your belief system, in your perception of how doing what you enjoy to do, doing what just comes so natural for you, et cetera, is not profitable relative to you surviving, okay? You don't hear that word very much in society right now, thriving. People don't use that word, thriving, very much. It's always survival, survival. Why is that? Because the first circuit is dominating in these individuals. Second circuit is thriving, thriving. We're thriving. We're not just surviving. We're doing well. We have an abundance of everything. You know, we have communication. We've got friends. You know, everywhere we go in our environment, uh, it's familiar. It's supportive, or we easily adapt to it. That is where we thrive. But most people do not have that level of trust 
and comfort and openness and confidence to be comfortable in the standard environment, let alone the new environments that they may explore. All of that is part of second circuit, okay? And so look at our wasps, look at our bees, look at our ants. They just don't stay in the nest or in their uh, hills and tunnels, et cetera. They explore. They go out looking and foraging for food and whatever else they can find that is necessary for them and the hive. And they come back and communicate what they found, if they found anything. This is not a standard procedure for people who primarily live in the uh, primary survival circuit. They only go out of that environment for what is needed to support their basic needs. But the idea that, oh, we're going to take a trip to this this year, and then we're going to take a trip here in a couple of weeks and whatever else, no, that uh, desire to want to find out more about the environment and to find out who's there and what they do, that is a second circuit trait. That is a second circuit uh, software program that allows you to be able to build a library of knowledge, okay, an awareness of knowledge about your environment, but most of all, it allows you to evolve and trust and confidence in that environment. And the willingness to share it with others is the hallmark of Second Circuit activity. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. Now, there's quite a bit of information on these circuits of the brain, and some of them are very analytical, you know, very uh, scientific in their language. And uh, this is one of the things that I will continue to do is break this down for you so that in your everyday behavior and activities, you can identify where you are in your own brain. I'll be right back after this message. Humanity is experiencing a vast variety of disorders, HIV, Zika virus, Ebola, hypertension, meningitis, STD, Alzheimer's, and many others. These disorders are the results of not knowing how to live within and navigate the human body. Most of us have learned how to drive a car, but have yet to learn how to care for and navigate our bodies. Enroll into the Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living to learn how to navigate and maintain a disease-free body. Visit us at www.juis.education or visit us on Facebook. Okay, yes, please visit us on Facebook. We'll always please keep you updated and informed about what we're doing at the university on Facebook. And again, our fall semester is starting, and I look forward for all of you to enroll. Now, again, we have quite a few people working working and walking around in the world right now who have come through our program and have balance and lock their brains. And as I've said earlier in the first portion of the show, that is a campaign for us. Why? Because these individuals think they know how to operate a fully balanced brain. 
And so, yes, they've walked around for 30 years, 35 years, 40 years, and the amount of brain tissue that they were able to navigate their life through is how they have referenced the world. And, of course, that would make sense, but now since you have activities that have allowed you to use other areas of the brain that you've never known yourself through, can you really say you know yourself? And the answer is you can't because you have never allowed yourself to experience your life in all seven circuits of the brain. And so when we have individuals coming to us and they still, you know, well, no, I only stay around my friends. And, you know, I only have one or two friends that I can really feel comfortable to talk to about, you know, things that are going on in my life. They're telling us that they basically have been living their life way too long out of the first circuit because those are the things that first circuiters do, feeling threatened that your basic needs are not being provided for you by yourself or if you have the perception that someone else should do it automatically brings on anxiety. It then also changes the chemistry of the blood, which then the brain function supports that change. And blood primarily is only shunted to only certain areas of the body, the muscles, the back portion of the brain, the skeletal system, and all the other uh, areas of tissue go on a second-level circuitry of supply. And the body can't take that too long. This is one of the main issues around uh, many of the chronic diseases, diabetes, high blood pressure. It is the distorted chemistry in the bloodstream that actually now deprives certain tissues, certain organs of the uh, full nutrition Oxygen, oxygen is nutrition, okay? The full blood supply needed, and so it then goes on an altered state of function. And that altered state of function is known as what? Disease. Disease. And so, therefore, a lot of what people are taking medication for, too often what they've had surgery for, has really been based on belief systems of which the brain now has to continuously translate into chemistry so that the blood carrying the information to the tissues lets the tissues know how you think. Now, that's the cascade of how the standard organizational patterns in your body function. It's amazing. So just think if you perceive something incorrectly. And that's what happens because you're not using all of the brain. All of the brain isn't fully integrated, so therefore the parts of the brain that are functioning and the information that has been transmitted to the brain is not complete. So therefore the chemistry is erroneous. It means it has errors in it. So therefore when the tissues receive this from the blood, their processes, processes are altered because they didn't have everything needed to be able to comply to the directives that you, as a conscious being, have given it because you don't have full access to all of the systems of your body. 
Right. This is very important. I really want you to get that. So, you know, I've been in situations with people. They won't ask for support. They've been lost, perhaps, not uh, clear on their directions. And if they can't find something in print to help give them directions, et cetera, they will definitely refuse to ask the person. In their mind, have all kinds of things going on okay, about why that person won't help them, as opposed to the optimistic perception, which is what? Trust that, well, of course a person will help me if they know. Now, if they know, they'll help me. If they don't know, they'll help me by saying they don't know, and I can uh, inquire support from someone else. But the whole perception of not asking for support when you know that you need new information, et cetera, is a standard problem in the Western world. And so, therefore, these people then use the term hyperbole. They just start making things up, okay, based on the information that they're able to obtain at the moment or from their past, which most likely and usually has nothing to do with the very moment and, therefore, the actions incorrect because the information processed by the brain based on you via your mind have interpreted the situation incorrectly from the beginning. Yeah, this is actually what happens. And so therefore, how are you going to straighten it out? Goes into a whole nother area of the brain that most people haven't entered into. We're going to talk about that. That's the third circuit. So this is one of the reasons why they talk about um, being illiterate and not having information on board because the third circuit is your moment-to-moment archive of information and data, okay? Your ancient long-term archive is the cerebellum. But important information you use on a day-to-day basis or may be necessary in your upcoming future is always integrated through the second circuit. So, excuse me, through the third circuit. So if you can just think of birds on the telephone line or birds sitting in the tree, and they're just sitting there just looking around, looking down at you, looking beyond you, and what are they doing? They're processing the information. Of course, information that you don't have access to. Why? because you're not at the height that they are above the ground being able to have a a field of observation that can only come from being in uh, a higher position and definitely not on the ground. So therefore, when they take action and when they move, they're moving on quite a bit more information than the average person unless you develop those circuits of the brain where you can extrapolate information from uh, a knowingness that perhaps you cannot see with the eyes or hear with the ears or still uh, kinesthetically, but is accurate. And those capabilities come through the third circuit of the brain. So being on the the, uh, telephone lines, looking down, looking around, gathering information, 
you know, your vision may allow you to see three or four miles in 360-degree direction if you're a bird. Now, you looking up at them, okay, in a stationary spot, you automatically sense that you know you don't know what they know because you know you can't see it. You know that you can't hear what they hear because of your location so close to the earth. But they definitely have the information. And then you go to the third circuit, you increase your dimensional perspective, perception of a experience that gives you the capacity to have many more choices on how to handle it as opposed to if you were right in the direct face of the experience at the same level, dimensional awareness of that experience is totally different. But you can be in that experience that is ground level, but if your third circuit of the brain has a lot of what we call aerial information, okay, you want to refer to it as wisdom, that kind of thing, then you can foot-to-foot, face-to-face, interact with that experience in your present dimension because you have stored and have a perceptive capability at a higher level of brain circuitry, which allows you to apply information from a higher level of frequency, which usually will change the circumstance. So this is why knowing about these circuits of the brain, you innately will know what circuit do I need to be in to handle this situation, okay? But if you don't know that there's circuits and level of brain functioning, if you don't know that each one of these circuits and different levels of brain function, the tissues have software programs within them that are what? This information, tools for capability that the body can use to make change in the environment, whether that's creating something, what appears to be new, if it's stabilizing something that has been created but is not um, fixed state of existence, or if there's something that basically has lost its performance, okay, and needs to basically be uh, recentered and reactivated, you can do that because you have the information in the third circuit of the brain. And then at ground level, we call it, okay, second circuit, being able to communicate with others the information that you have or to communicate with them to gain information at ground level or above in the third circuit allows you to master the experience. So it is a wonderful thing to know that, okay, do I have anyone around me that I can ask for support to get this done? If not, okay, then how can I get some support? Okay, so therefore, you know, in second circuit, you know you need support to get something done, and you look over and it's like, okay, wow, there's a telephone. What did you just do? You just went to the telephone line above you to actually call in support, et cetera, back down to ground level to get done what needs to get done. But you didn't know that you went into third circuit to get support at a higher level because ground level, someone next to you 
or around you wasn't available. You see, that's second circuit. Now, individuals who are not second circuit and they recognize that they can't do it alone, et cetera, they normally then don't do it. They just kind of just go away and, you know, they just kind of wait and suffer. Well, I didn't have anybody to help me. That's common for the first circuit. Well, why didn't you ask? Well, there was really nobody. Well, why didn't you go somewhere or call or why didn't you do this? And they can't tell you. They really can't tell you. Or they can become very irritated and say, but I don't trust that. I, I don't want to just speak to them. I, I don't want to do this, et cetera. I'd just rather just go without. That's a common retort for many people who are very, very much into their first circuit. Well, I don't want to be a bother. You know, they don't know me. You hear these things all the time. You know it. And you know the people are uncomfortable. You see them suffering. Their life definitely isn't what it could be, but they're not able to function in second circuit where they are comfortable in being able to communicate with others, that they are comfortable in being able to work with another person to build a reality that supports everybody involved. So we notice this all the time. It's like, wow, you know, I really need some information. I really need some help with this. You know, I'm in a strange place, whatever. But then what do you do? It's like, okay, well, I just think that I'm just going to ask this person over here. Okay. And you go and ask the person. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, well, I'll be more than glad to help you. And so, you know, you get to know them, whatever else. They take you to get the gas if that's what you ran out of or help you get your tire on or whatever else. Or they're like, you know, oh, okay, well, yeah, I can help you with that. You know, it's just a few dollars, you know, sorry that you're short. But you had to say something and the comfort of being able to do that, and especially to someone that you don't think that you know. See, we know each other very well. It doesn't matter what language we speak. It doesn't matter what the color of our skin is or how tall or how short we are. We have the same shape power. We have the same geometry, and that geometry has standardized software programs in it and all through its mass. Oh, yeah. So you have to really go some to conjure up perceptions that because a person isn't as tall as I am or they're basically bigger than I am or, you know, their skin color is whatever, you have to really do some conjuring here in the lower circuits of the brain to conclude that it's reasonable enough for you to suffer and to go without than to ask for support. Yeah, it's a disease. We call that disease Cognitive dissonance, and that's a that's a that's a monster. I'll talk about that when uh, our sponsors say hello to you. Be right back. You are listening to the Jewel Network Science Radio Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network provides the neural nutrition and stimulates expansion and evolution of the human brain, nervous system, and body. Remember, our source is a neuron. Okay, you know, I just really love talking to you. And so, you know, I love reiterating on our uh, commercials here. A neuron 
is a crime to waste a neuron. So, you know, decades ago they used to have the saying, when we used to talk about urging people to go to college, that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, a neuron is a terrible thing to waste. Now, they're two separate things. And this is something we'll talk about, you know, shows coming up. What is your mind? Your mind is not a neuron. Your mind is not a neuron. And the neuron is not the mind. But they are intricately, intricately related, very intricate relationship. And they both are very much interdependent on each other. So if you've been listening to my discussion today, when we talk about you, you, which is a field of consciousness, being able to access these locations in your brain of neurocircuitry to allow your body to behave in space as you perceive it should relative to a experience that you want to interact with, you've got to learn mind and neuron, mind and brain. The neuron is the strategic micro component of a gross collection of neurons known as the brain. So the brain is trillions of neurons, and the neuron singularly is the cell, one of the main cells of the brain. Now, there's other cells in the brain that don't do what the neurons do. But the neurons right now at this time and our level of comprehension of ourselves, the neuron is responsible for the transmission electromagnetically of light. Light is what? It is information in its energetic form. And when those neurons are transmitting this light, this electromagnetic energy also creates chemistry that is also released from the neurons. So neurons transmit information in an energetic form, what we call electromagnetic transmission, and also in a chemical form. And so if you've heard me talk about the chemistry released into the blood from the brain, that then informs the tissues as to how they should behave, it becomes an incredible awakening to realize that your thinking, your thinking, your thoughts processed by what? The brain that are created in the mind could actually kill your tissues, and it does, if they are inappropriate relative to your software program that you actually created and built into your own body. This is very interesting. You know, I'm going to bring this in because, you know, things are moving so fast here and we've got to get with the neurons. We've got to get with the brain. We've got to then understand the relationship between the neuron, the brain, and the mind, which is where thoughts occur. Thoughts occur in the mind, okay, in the mind, and it is where they are processed in the neuron, in the collection of neurons known as the brain, 
that then tells the body what it should be doing. Isn't that something? I I say it this way because you've got to move out of the illusion that you and your body are the same thing. They are in a very interesting way, intricately, energetically, or just all woven throughout every cell, et cetera, but that cell, not you. You can control it. That's what you're here to learn how to do. You are here to basically give it its meaning for how it's going to interact in the third dimension, but it is not you. But Again, when you befriend your cells, when you befriend your tissues, your body, it does exactly as you say. It does exactly as you, in your mind, transmit it to your brain, tells it what to do. Now, information becomes critical here. Go back to the circuit. Third circuit has moment to moment moment future information. The cerebellum has all of the past information recorded in it and over time will also record and store the information that you have lived in future, a present past. It's very important to understand. So therefore, this relationship that you have multiple bodies as we talk about, the mental body, Okay, the physical body. And because people have been so uh, interested in the feedback response of the tissues, which is also what? A chemical-initiated sensation. That these sensations that people are having as the body is letting you know how it's executing what you want it to do, how it's executing and processing the communication, which is chemical primarily, is letting you know how it is responding to these commands. And so what is pain then? Okay. Pain literally is a chemical-mediated, neurologic-mediated reply to you back through the nervous system to let you know that the information we receive, the environment that we're in, is not supportive for the movement of life force continuously through the tissue. The perception that you're having about this experience, the thoughts that you are thinking here in the moment are either causing us to really appreciate these thoughts. That's why the sensation that is being now processed by the brain is comforting or it's very poisonous, it's alarming, it's destructive to the tissues, and then the feedback is, so whether you label that discomfort, depression, anxiety, jealousy, okay, resentment, the list goes on and on. If it's uncomfortable, is really not the big issue. What the body is asking you to do is stop thinking that way and change the thoughts, which then changes the brain's chemical response to processing that thought, which then also causes the brain cells themselves to emit a different frequency, a different charge electromagnetically that also mediates a different chemistry 
so that the cells feedback to you will be none at all or it will be one that is comfortable to you as a confirmation that we understand what you want us to do, how you want us to function, and we are accepting that. We can do it. We can do it. The software works with this type of thinking. When there's pain and all these other discomforting sensations, the tissues are telling you that, no, these software, these tissues, that these thoughts that you're sending do not comply with our software programs. Have you ever thought about it that way? It's very important. And I'm speaking to you in this way also because I want to empower you to recognize that the robots that are being uh, synthesized here produced our images, mirror images of how you function. And this also has not been made very well known to the general population. Most of you don't even really think about, well, how is this robot able to extend its hand and rotate and supinate its arm, etc. That's a term where you can rotate the whole arm versus just rotate the hand on the end of the arm. Most of you have never thought about, well, how are they doing that? Well, some people, oh, yeah, they write software programs and this is what we code in, etc. But now where did the codes come from? Oh, somebody, uh, you know, invented it or discovered it. Uh, no, but yes. They did discover it, but what did they discover? themselves. They discovered themselves. And I want to say this to you. Why? Because I don't want you to buy into the salesmanship that you're buying something that's more efficient than you. You never are doing that. And you never, ever should buy into that, ever. So whether you've got a vacuum cleaner that can vacuum continuously for six hours because it's a robot that doesn't mean that it's superior to you. Don't ever think that. The little robot that scrubs the floor, don't think that it's superior to you because, you know, it can really make the floor shine. You can do that if you have that kind of communication with your tissue via the brain and the brain is then given the precise image that you want to create out in the world of mass. Of course you can do that. So then they sell it to you on time. Well, it could take you so much more time to do this than, you know, if the robot does it. Now, that's another discussion, okay? But right now, here, I just want to make it very clear to you that you never give your power away to anything or anyone, assigning it the capacity to be greater and more functional than yourself, not beyond a human avatar, and never, ever do that. I'll be right back after this message. Wonderful to know this. This is a a monumental truth that's being passed on to you. Don't give your power away to a robot. That robot is just a focused, application of a few software programs that you have in your body. We don't know all of the programs that are encoded in human tissue. We'll be discovering ourselves for 
hundreds of thousands of years if we allow ourselves to have access to all of our brains. The key is access to all of our brains. This is so important. Wow, this is so important. And so they've been selling you a job about, oh, this is so much more efficient and whatever else, et cetera. Yeah, it can be. If I was 100 or 1,000% focused on just that one thing, at any particular time, I have all kind of thoughts that are chemically being processed at the same time by the neurons of my brain that are then basically flooding my bloodstream, sending many electromagnetic uh, directives through my peripheral nervous system into the tissues. So, therefore, the tissues are stimulated to respond to a lot of things at the same time. This is not what happens in our robotic replicas. These are replicas of ourselves, and they are programmed to do one specific thing at one time. So that's why they may seem efficient for that one thing. Then you have to push another button, then the second thing, and then the third thing. So when these activities can just proceed systematically, et cetera, we get the more complicated robots, and they are available for purchase now, okay? They're made in the image of you, arms and legs, you know, the whole body robots, et cetera. But remember, they are replicas of you. You are the template. You are the master template. And none of these things created are superior to you. They only appear to be relative to what you know about yourself or what you don't know about yourself. This is why it is so important that at this stage, right now, and in your future, you've got to put some time in on learning who you are. Because, yes, these robots, these synthetics will be able to walk up to you and say all kinds of things and be able to demonstrate all kinds of stuff that you can't do because of what? Only because you don't know how to access your own software program. That's the only reason. You have the program. You just were never taught how to access them. And, of course, how can you be taught if you only have one or two circuits of the brain that you're primarily navigating your life through. You want to have full access to all of the circuits of your brain. And so right now, humanity's not doing well with that. We're going back to the whole theme of my broadcast today. That first circuit, people are firing more in the second circuit, but we have to master the second circuit. Master it. So that means that we just don't come together to build a building or type out the papers or, you know, make whatever it is that we've agreed to do. So what after the end of the job? Communication is the key regardless. Communication shouldn't be cut off because, oh, I just work with that person from, you know, 8 to 5, and so they go their way and I go mine. Okay, no problem. But the thoughts in your mind should be, that that was a wonderful, wonderful experience to work with this individual for eight hours, to share, exchange, etc. We were one person. 
then you go home to another mirror image of yourself, okay, your wife, a miniature image of yourself, your children, okay, other relatives, and you're in 100% full communication with them. This is second circuit and the amount of information that you will absorb from them, what they will absorb from you, builds a network of superior intelligence, superior capability that we could do anything on this planet and any place else we would want to. And we've already done it. So which brings me then to why if you're in the New York area listening to us, you definitely want to join us in New York. I'll be there on the 30th because we're going to talk about all the things that have been chronicalized now that are available to demonstrate to you all the things that we've done, but you weren't shown it. It wasn't made, as we call it, public. Only the people that were part of and were uh, a member of building these realities, of creating these experiences, only knew about it. And that's a first circuit move. Okay, being secretive, that's the first circuit move. And so what has been the, the benefit with that? Well, the benefit is that the projects were completed, the experiences were uh, developed, and now anyone can have them. But was it really necessary to have to keep it a secret? And, you know, that's an interesting uh, question because when people really don't understand themselves, they don't have access to more brain tissue, then experiences revealed to them become frightening. First thing they want to do is get afraid, okay? And either they want to be aggressive toward it or either they want to run away from it. And so when we have something to do, okay, and we know it's going to benefit humanity, many times, unfortunately, that's the decision that's made. We can't, you know, share with humanity right now about these of future events because we haven't prepared them to be able to grow with us. Listen to my language. You haven't been prepared to be able to grow with aspects of your own present future because of the education that you have or have not been exposed to because of the environment that you have or have not been exposed to that were allowed to assist. It's very important. So, you know, for example, these uh, ladies, this is a, a modern reflection here, these uh, ladies that were found uh, literally uh, socially incarcerated here uh, in uh, Florida where they were forced to be sex slaves and so socially incarcerated their passports were taken, no money, no transportation, no tools of communication other than with the people that were there, and therefore they were forced to give up their energies in ways that were not in alignment with what they chose to do, That's slavery. And so therefore now they were discovered as being held hostage in that manner, and uh, that is here can change. But how long has that been going on? Very long period of time. But particular groups in our society that have been allowed to get away with that. And that's what 
can happen when people don't communicate. When people are communicating, there's no way that that kind of behavior can happen. So this is, again, an indication of the loophole as to now how we have these kind of activities going on in our society. Well, how could this go on like that? Well, the key is easy, no communication. That's how, okay, communication with only certain people. Action, being secretive, not being accountable. When you have a totally second circuit society, those things would be seen right away and they would be handled because they're not in the best interest of everybody involved. Second circuit is wonderful in that everybody works for the best interest of everyone involved, not just themselves, everyone involved. And so it's so important to understand that you lose a lot being a reptile. Me, 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 only me, 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 okay? You lose a lot. What is the greatest thing you lose? Your body. You kill your body because the chemistry made by your own brain from forcing the mind to have those kind of thoughts is poisonous to the tissues, poisonous to the tissues. So one other thing I want to say is that for those of you who are listening to us and you're in uh, Dallas, Texas, I'll be there uh, March 9th through the 10th, and I'll be uh, there at a wonderful uh, church there that's so functional and does so much for the community, Friendship West Baptist Church, and a Mrs. Deborah P. Haynes is hosting me there. She had some wonderful experiences uh, coming to our medical clinic years and years ago and has always been so impressed to follow through with what? Balancing her brain, advancing her knowledge through third circuit. And so what is she doing now? She's in fourth circuit of the brain, making sure that as many people as possible will have the opportunity to have the experiences that she has had. So therefore, they're answering questions that people may have, and she took upon herself to really show how food could be used as medicine, and she specializes in that. So, oh my goodness, so please join us tomorrow here for uh, our psychoneuroimmunology show with Dr. Pierman, and on Wednesdays with our Universal Principal Support Group, and uh, check us out tomorrow, we have our uh, overview about the university at 7 o'clock. Go to the website, www.juis.education, and look at all the events going on. Come to the winter semester to elevate Thank the you for listening to the Jewel Network time. Science Broadcasting Love Frequency. You. Bye-bye. Join Dr. Thank Jewel you. here each Monday at 5 p.m. on the Jewel Network, hosted by the JewelNetwork.com and Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living Jewish. For our complete broadcast schedule, additional information, and to purchase products, please visit our website, www.thejewelnetwork.com. If you'd like to contact us, please send your email to info at thejewelnetwork.net. Thank you. This broadcast is under full copyright and trademark protection owned by the House of Jewels. This broadcast in its entirety, nor any part of this broadcast, can be reproduced, copied, transcribed, placed in podcast format, placed into MP3 format, or suspended on any internet digital location without express permission from the House of Jewels, Washington State, USA. 
to reproduce or suspend this broadcast in any digital location other than the Jewel Network is prohibited and legal proceedings will follow accordingly. Thank you for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.